take these with you. I might steal that if you don't take it with you. Good stuff. Take your Bibles, turn to Psalm 65. Psalm 65, I was thinking while they were up there singing uh, how long we've known this family. And uh, these kids are just about like our kids. Uh, we spent so much time together. They spent so much time at our house and at, we was at their house. And I got to thinking about David when we went to India together. Remember that? He'll never forget. That was a trip of a lifetime. We went to India together. It was, it was, uh, I had an opportunity to go over on a missions trip, and his mom had the wonderful idea that I'd take David for his senior trip. I'll never forget, as long as I live, we got in that taxi in New Delhi. I've never been so scared in all my life. I don't normally, I don't mind traveling. I'm a world traveler. You can drop me off anywhere, and I'm fine. I don't care. But there was something demonic about that place that night when we landed and walked out of that airport. Just thousands of Indian people wearing the turbans and talking in the language, and it was just filthy and nasty. And I had not lined up a taxi trip to the to the motel. I knew the motel was only about a mile from the airport. I thought I'll just figure it out when I get there. And I got there and there was only about 500 taxi drivers trying to get me in their taxi. And I realized Dr. Bettner and I had maybe been a little bit too nonchalant about it and not done enough prep work. Me and David standing there and this guy walked up and he said, you need a taxi? And I said, yeah. He said, that'll be $40. I said, no, I don't think so. <clears throat> I said, I know it's close. I'm not paying no $40. He said, 30. I said, 20. He said, all right, you got a deal. He walked over, said something to another taxi driver. He walked us over to that car. We started putting our suitcases in the back of the car, and he walked off. I went, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on just a second. What is going on here? He said, he's going to take you. I said, no, you're going to take me, or you're going to give me my money back. And I stood there and argued with him. And we got in the car, finally got my money back. And we started up the road. And these cars were in on us so tight, Brother Roth, I am not lying to you. Our rearview mirrors were hitting each other's cars. That's how bad the driving was in India. It was unbelievable. It was way worse than Dundalk. Way worse. <laughs> and he drove around, and I knew that motel was only a mile, half mile to a mile from the airport. He drove around for 20 minutes. And I said, I don't know where he's taking us, David. But if he pulls up in a back alley somewhere and they come at us, we're going to kill every one of them. Do you understand me? We're going to kill them all. We're not going to hand them tracks. We're not going to witness to them. We're going to kill every single one of them. Do you understand me? <laughs> I told David, I said, if I tell you to kill them, you just kill them. I'm your pastor. You do what I say. <laughs> Remember that conversation? And that guy pulled up in front of the motel. And I recognized the pictures. And we got out and paid him. And we went in. And I'll never forget that ride as long as I live. It's the only time I've ever admitted publicly to premeditated murder. It was in the backseat of that taxi with that young man right there. Good memories, wonderful memories. Psalm 65, are you there? We didn't kill nobody. Y'all relax. Some of you didn't close your Bible. I didn't kill nobody, I promise. At least not then. All right, Psalm 65. Psalm 65, stand with me, please. I came up here this, uh, this morning uh, and started working on this message, and I just, I really struggled. I couldn't seem to get anywhere. About 3 o'clock, I went home, took a shower, changed clothes, came back up here, and boy, God gave me this this afternoon. I can't wait to share it with you. Psalm chapter 65. We're going to read verse number 11. The Bible says, Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop 
fatness. I want to preach on that thought for a little bit tonight. Thou crownest the year. Lord, help us now, I pray. As we open the scriptures, we thank you, Lord, for the singing we've heard, Lord, just the spirit and moving of God and just the good liberty to be in church. I pray now that you bless the preaching of your word and be with those that can't be with us that are watching on the live stream. May the service bless them as well. Be glorified and magnified in this message, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. There are several words in verse number 11 that I want to look at before I back up and look at the chapter. Obviously, the last service of 2021, and our minds are kind of thinking about the end of a year, the beginning of another year. And, of course, I know God has a completely different timetable than us we, uh, we like calendars and we like to, to know the hour and the, and the date and all that stuff. God has a plan and God has a purpose and many times it's not something you can break down on a map or on a, on a clock or a calendar, but we are closing out a year that many people uh, at the beginning of the year wasn't exactly sure how the year was going to go. But here we are at the end of the year having a wonderful service on a Wednesday night in the house of God. And David, in verse number 11, or in this chapter, he's writing a song, but in verse number 11, there's a couple of words that I really wanted to look at before we back up and get into the meat of the message. The word crownest got my attention. Crownest. That word means to surround or to compass, to completely compass. Now, interestingly enough, the word crown in the Latin is corona. Some of you maybe didn't, some of you maybe knew that, you didn't know that. But the, the old ancient Greek word for crown is corona, it means a garland or a wreath. And they would put that on their heads the, the, in the Olympics and the games. And, and so I just thought it was interesting that Satan wanted to crown this year with viruses and with death and pandemics, but God crowned the year with his goodness. Can I get a witness right there? Amen. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness. And then he goes on and says, and thy paths drop fatness. That word drop in that verse literally means to drip or to trickle, all right? So it's almost like a steady dripping or trickling. He says, thy paths drop fatness. That word drop, trickle or drip is the same word. You'll find it translated in one place in Job 36, distill. We get distilled water. That's where you evaporate, the water evaporates, and then it condenses, and then you've got, you've got evaporation, condensation, and precipitation. I think I said that right. That's a hydrologic cycle. I did pay attention in school. Hey, Amen. I know some of y'all don't believe that. Listen to me preach, but I did. But that, 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 that dripping down, that, that purifying process of just that continual dripping, that is the Hebrew word in this verse. Thy paths drop Fatness, and in that word fatness, it literally has a connotation not only of blessings, but it goes a step further, it has even a connotation of fertility, or, or, or that which is just continuing to reproduce, or just continuing uh, to give. And so, if we look at the verse, David says, Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. And when I read that and I looked at each one of those words, that, that dripping, that, that, that trickling 
of fertility and blessings, I realized that his paths, God's paths we're talking about, there's nothing sterile about them, amen. They produce life. God is alive. His paths are alive. In fact, they drop fatness. Is everybody still with me? And we call it the old paths, but can I tell you something? His old paths are still alive and they still work and they still have God's touch and God's blessings on them. And I'm actually a little bit glad that over the last year and a half to two years, somehow or another, my name and my reputation has been tied in with that phrase, we're gonna do it God's way. I get a phone call or a text message or an email all the time saying we're gonna do it God's way. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for believing that. And I'm gonna tell you something. I still believe that God's work done God's way yields God's blessings. Still believe that at the end of 2021, when the old paths are being laughed at and mocked and, and people don't want nothing to do with it, we're still asking for the old paths because his paths, the Bible says, drop fatness. God's alive and his way is still alive. In fact, God is not just alive. God and his way and his paths are not just fertile and dropping with fatness, but they're invincible. Some of y'all need to be reminded of that tonight. Some of you walking around with a poochy mouth disease. Your bottom lip's dragging out your tracks when you walk and you, and you feel like we're just so outnumbered and we're just part of the remnant and, and we're just never gonna make it and we're gonna get uh, carried overboard in the, in the storm. Let me tell you something. God is invincible. Amen. Some of y'all need this tonight. Psalm 45, 6. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Hey, he's not worried about midterms. He's not worried about who the next president's gonna be. He's not worried about the next election. He's not up for re-election, amen. His throne is forever. Amen. God's invincible. His word is also invincible. This Bible that we're holding in our hands in our lap tonight, as we listen to the preaching of the word of God, this thing is maybe not popular. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's out of style, but it's never been popular. It's never been in style. And his word, Jesus said in Luke 21, 33, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. It's not up for debate. It's not up for a vote. There's not, there's not a, a political party. There's not a house of delegates or a senate or a congress or a governor or an executive anywhere that can annul this book right here. It's uh, invincible. Amen. Heaven and earth shall pass away. And that's going to happen, by the way. The Bible says the heavens and earth are going to pass away met with a fervent heat. And a loud noise. There's your big bang theory right there. Amen. It's gonna happen. It ain't happened yet. It's gonna happen. This book, when all of it's passed away, this Bible will still stand. Every jot and every tittle. God's invincible. His word is invincible. And Matthew 16, 18 says our church, the church is invincible. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There's not a thing in the world the world can do to stop the church of the living God. People of God saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and empowered with the Holy Ghost and armed with this invincible eternal word. The world is no match for what God's doing, these paths drop fatness. I just thought I'd start out with that tonight. And in our text, David, the psalmist, is writing a song to the chief musician, my Bible says, to a psalm and a song of David. No doubt David, as he was a shepherd, I don't know how many of these songs he wrote when he was older, but we know he was a shepherd boy. We know that he had a reputation 
And word came to the ears of Saul that there was a young man who was, who was capable, talented, playing the harp. No doubt out there watching those sheep, watching his father's sheep, he would pick that harp. I think the Lawrence girl's got a harp for Christmas. I'm looking forward to hearing some offertories pretty soon. Amen. Brother Kevin, I'm talking about the girls playing. You just run the soundboard. Amen. But I'm, I'm getting a little bit of, I've been getting a little bit of uh, videos of them playing on that harp. There's something special about that. And he would play that harp skillfully, the Bible says. He played skillfully. And he played and he sang and he wrote songs to the Lord. And here's one of them here tonight in Psalm 65. And I begin to read this chapter. What is David talking about? Thou crownest the year with thy goodness. Got this whole year, 365 days, 12 months, 52 weeks, and right on the top of it is a crown, and it's the goodness of God, just kind of setting everything off. I thought, my, what a, what a picture. So I began to go back and I read this chapter, and I discovered that David's making a list of the ways that God's goodness had crowned the year. And I couldn't help but notice the same things that God crowned the year that David wrote this is the same things that God's still crowning the year with. Now what are the odds that God, who never changes, would crown 2021 with the same things he crowned the year that David was writing about? Come on now. He never changes. Aren't you thankful for that? When we live in a world where everything changes, even the definition of being vaccinated changes. CDC's changing stuff. Now you've only got to quarantine for five days. They said, because we can't shut everything down. We need people to go back to work. And I was like, well, did anybody tell Corona that? Because if they didn't update the Corona and tell them that we can't shut down the country, they might not let everybody go back to work after five days. It might have to go back to 14. I'm being facetious in case some of y'all didn't, didn't know what I, I I'm, I'm being facetious. Changing the definitions and changing the meanings. Changing the meanings of marriage. Aren't you thankful for a God that never changes? Amen. I saw an article yesterday. It said, it said 60% of Americans agree with author Rowling's of the uh, Perry Potter. What's her name? What's her name? J.K. Rowling's. 60-something percent of Americans agree with J.K. Rowling's that there are only two genders. I was like, that wasn't her idea. That was God's idea. Go back and read the book of Genesis, you moron. There's only two. There's a male and a female created he them. That wasn't Harry Potter's idea. Amen. That was God. My goodness. And they're not on whether you agree with her or not. It doesn't change the fact that there's only two genders. There's a lot of confusion, but there's only two genders. I'm thankful for a God that never changes. Hebrews chapter number six, verse number 17 says, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. He never changes. That's what immutable means. He doesn't change. God is not testing the winds and taking polls and surveys to see what's right and wrong anymore. He has already established that and it doesn't change. And God still works the same way he's always worked. 
He went on to say that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, he might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge, lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth in that throughout the veil. I'm grateful tonight that we have an anchor for our soul, and it is the immutable counsel of a never-changing God. So why should we be surprised if the very same things that crowned the year David's writing about crowned 2021. You want to hear them? i give you five of them right quick. I think five is all y'all can handle tonight. Look at verse number one. Praise waiteth for thee, O God in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. I thought about this, number one. Prayers to God are still ascending. They were ascending in this chapter. David was writing about people gathering to pray to God. And here it is, 2021, thousands of years later, and guess what? The prayers of God's people are still ascending. People are still on their knees. People are still going into their prayer closets. People are still putting hope and faith in God through prayer. And we've seen God answer prayer in 2021, have we not? Every, every week we get up here and we read the prayer sheet and we gather down here and pray. We've got the balcony as our designated prayer room. People go up there and pray. We've had thousands of prayers offered in that balcony, just that balcony alone this year, and then people praying at home, obviously, praying in their private devotions and then their quiet time. And I thought as David is writing here, he says, unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. I'm grateful that the same God that was hearing prayer in Psalm chapter number 65 is still hearing and answering prayer tonight. I'm thankful that we have a God that we can pray to knowing that he is a God that hears and answers prayer. He's the only God, by the way, that does hear and answer prayer. There is no other God that even has ears that can hear and hands that can work and move. I'm thankful that we have a God that can hear and answer prayer. Yeah, Crown the year with goodness. Prayers are to God are still ascending. We're still praying to the same God. David prayed to, come on now. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. I'm thankful tonight for prayers to God still ascending at Calvary Baptist Church. Number two, look at what it says in verse three. Iniquities prevail against me. David says, iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. Secondly, I'm thankful the purgings of God are still absolving us of our sin, amen. And he's the only one that can forgive. He's the only one that can purge. And David is opening up here. He says, iniquities prevail against me. Is that what your Bible says? In Psalm 38, here's what he says. Here's what he said in verse number four of chapter 38. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head as in heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. Well, there's been times I feel like I can identify with that verse. Now, I'm talking about me. I know some of y'all are way more spiritual than that. But me and David struggle sometimes. Come on now. Look at what it says. Look at what your Bible says in chapter 40. Look at chapter 40 and verse number 12. For innumerable evils have compassed me about, 
My iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I'm not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine head. Therefore, my heart faileth me. Please, be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. There have been times I had to get down on my face and pray just like David does right here. Iniquities prevail against me. My flesh, come on now, my heart, my mind doesn't always line up with the hardened mind of God. And there are times when I just wonder sometimes, am I even saved? Could I even be saved and think what I just thought and feel the way I just felt? Come on now. But you know what I found out? I found out if I crawl up in that secret place and I, I get up in that throne room and I get real honest with God and I side with God against myself. Come on now. And I agree with God about how he feels about what, I, what I'm feeling and how God agrees, how God feels about what I said and what I did. I found out he'll purge me. 1 John 1, 9. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you know what I found out? The same God that David turned to to purge him is the same God that I turned to to help purge me. Is everybody, is everybody getting this? And I have to go to him a lot. If you don't, I'd like to have coffee with you someday and you let me in on your secret to your constant, continual spirituality. I was talking to my brother today and I said, I don't know about you, but I feel like every day, all day long, I'm constantly, God is constantly recalibrating my spiritual man. Huh? Y'all know what I mean? I say recalibrate, you tough on the GPS, you take the wrong road, and it's trying to get you back on the right road. I feel like all day, every day, the Holy Ghost is constantly helping me recalibrate my mind and my heart. Boy, the songwriter was right, wasn't he? He said, prone to wonder, God, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. <clears throat> Our stinking, filthy flesh. And we live in a stinking, filthy, rotten world. Goodness, that's one reason why I love coming to church. It's the few times a week I feel saved. There's a lot of times during the week I don't feel saved. Now, I know salvation is not based on feelings. Y'all, aren't y'all thankful for that? I'm saved. I'm saved and I'm secure in Jesus Christ and there ain't nothing the devil can do about it. But I'm going to be honest with you. This old flesh sometimes is just a constant battle. And I'm thankful that I can still go to him and he can still cleanse and he can still wash and he can still purge. Yeah. Hallelujah for that. I'm talking about he's crowned the year with his goodness. If we were to make a list of all the times he's had to forgive us this year, that'd be a pretty long list, wouldn't it? Some of y'all sitting back saying, goodness preacher, I thought you were spiritual. I never told you I was spiritual. I told you I was trying. I try just like you do. I put my britches on one leg at the time. And the best of men are men at best. This is a lot of people won't be honest with you about it. That's just the truth. Thank God for his purgings. Amen. Well, verse number four. Down through verse number, uh, well, look at verse number four. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee that he may dwell in thy courts 
we shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Write this down, number three, the presence of God is still appealing. Amen. After all these years, David said, what a blessing it is to be the man that you reach out and you choose and allow to approach you, to get close to you, to enter into your presence. And he says that I may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. I'm thankful that the presence of God is still appealing. Amen. I'm thankful he lets us approach him. I'm thankful that God opens the door and lets us get close to him. Well, there's people here this evening scared to get close to God. You're afraid that when you get close to him, he's going to change you. Guess what? He will change you. That's kind of what we're going for. Amen. Amen. He will absolutely transform your life. You get close to him. I don't believe there's anything in your personal life, there's not a sin, there's not a weight, there's not an issue you're struggling with that won't get fixed with you getting close to God. You say, I don't believe it. Try it. Try it. Just get close to him. Draw out of God, he will draw out of you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. There's something about getting close to God. You'll get a fresh glimpse of him. You'll see him like he really is. And in doing that, you'll get a fresh glimpse and see yourself like you really are. What do you think happened in Isaiah chapter number six? He said, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. And a couple of verses after that, he said, woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. You can't see God and get a fresh glimpse of God and spend time in the presence of God. But what it don't help you see who you really are and how you really are. And I promise you in comparison, you'll choose God over yourself every single time. Amen. I'm grateful. That word, that word satisfy, y'all look it up when you get home. We shall be satisfied. That's the same feeling that somebody gets after they've had a good meal. They sit back and pack their stomach. That just that right there hit the spot. Satisfies. There's nothing that satisfies like God, by the way. The devil has nothing that will satisfy. It's a mirage. Amen. It looks, like, it looks like something pretty, but when you get there, there's nothing to it. The presence of God is still appealing. I don't know about y'all, but I, when that, that very first congregational tonight, I felt God moving in this place. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I felt something when that choir was singing, that youth choir was singing, and I looked over. I said, I'm about to come out of this chair. I told the leader, I said, I feel like running. There was something, what was it? It was God working and God moving. God's presence is what it was. And I still like it. I'm glad we're at a place where God can show up and people don't, you don't scare them to death, praise the Lord. Presence of God, still appealing. Number four, we see the power of God is still answering. Look at verse five. By terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are far off upon the sea, which by his strength setteth fast the mountains, being girded with power, which stealeth the noise of the seas. Boy, I love verse number seven. I could preach for a month. He stealeth the power of God, stealeth the noise of the seas and the noise of their waves and the tumult of the people. 
Boy, are we not dealing with the tumult of the people today? I mean, just the clamor, the noise of the world and their opinions and their ideology and their perversions and their hatred and their false accusations and their ideas about God and their ideas about life and everything that they got to say. It's just noise and tumult in our ears. But I'm grateful that God, His power, is able to quiet and still the tumult of the people. Hallelujah. I get so sick of hearing everybody's opinion. I just want to hear what God said. Yeah, All these experts, they, wouldn't, they don't know anything. They don't have a clue. Yeah. We've got an expert here. That's your first clue that what you're fixing to hear is a pile of baloney. Yeah. They have no idea. They're just so filled with self-importance. They think way more highly of themselves than they ought to think. There's no humility anymore, even in the medical community. So full of themselves and they're full of lies and deception and as the whole system's been compromised with this COVID and with this government money and this funding, everything's been corrupted and I have no faith and confidence anymore in anything and anybody except God. I'm thankful tonight that his power can quiet the tumult and the noise of the people. I'm grateful. It's still at the noise of the seas. Noise of their waves, that instability, that up and down, that up and down and, and hot and cold and, and this is, you can do this and you can't do this. Okay, now you can do this. And you can go back to doing that. Okay, you can't do this no more. It's just waves and it's up and down and it's so much uncertainty and so much fear. I'm thankful tonight that the power of God steals the noise of the seas. The noise of their waves, the tumult of the people. Look at what he says in verse number eight. They also that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid at thy tokens. Thou makest the out, make goings of the morning and the evenings to rejoice. What about that? They that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid at thy tokens. We're talking about the power of God is still answering. That's what he said. Is that not what your Bible says? In verse number five, by terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God, of our salvation. I'm thankful God's still in control. Amen. Preacher, everything's falling apart. No, everything's falling into place. Yeah, right. God is not sitting in heaven tonight wringing his hands, taking nerve medicine. Uh-uh. God is absolutely 100% in control. There is not one thing happening on this planet but what God is not allowing to happen. Now, if that don't help you sleep tonight, there ain't nothing else I can say for you. God is in control. Let me give you another, another one. Look at verse number nine. Thou visitest the earth and waterest it. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn, which thou hast so provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Write this down. The provisions of God are still abounding. The provisions of God are still abounding. Thou visitest the earth and waterest it. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn when thou hast so provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest 
the springing thereof. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness and thy paths drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. My goodness, what descriptive verses. The psalmist David, the sweet psalmist of David is talking about the blessings and the provisions of God still abounding. He said, you crown the year with your goodness. You've blessed the hills and the valleys and the pastures and the whole world has experienced your blessings and that was thousands of years ago and I stand before you tonight and tell you on the last service of 2021 that God's provisions is still abounding, hallelujah. He's crowned this year with his goodness. Some of you didn't think you'd make it. Some of you didn't think you'd make it through the year. You thought you'd get evicted, you'd lose your house. You'd be walking, living in a cardboard box on a bridge somewhere. God blessed. God supplied. And God met your needs. My wife sent out a group text. She said, she said what do you want for Christmas? I said, I don't want nothing. I don't need nothing. I don't need anything. I've got everything. I can't think right now of a single thing that I need. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. That's a blessing. My God takes care of me. And I got to looking at the last couple of verses of that chapter. I'm done. He said, they drop upon the pastures, verse number 12, of the wilderness and the little hills the little hills rejoice on every side. The little hills. He said in verse 13, the pastures are clothed over with flocks and the valleys are covered over with corn. Watch this. And they shout for joy and they also sing. The valleys, the pastures of the wilderness and the little hills and the pastures are singing and giving praise to God. Now I'm just going to be honest with you. Ain't no way in the world I'm going to let no cow pasture outpraise me. I'm not going to let little hills outsing me. I'm not going to let no wilderness do my praising for me. Jesus said, when they were singing and they were shouting and they were saying, Hosanna, and the people got upset, Jesus said, hey, they said, make them stop. He said, if they stop praising me, he said, the rocks will cry out. I'm telling you right now, the rocks are already crying out and the little hills and the valleys are singing and praising God over his provision. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the same thing. Because he's crowned this year with goodness. And I want to stand here and tell you that his paths, the old paths, God's paths still drop fatness. I wouldn't trade being in the old paths. I wouldn't trade it for $10 million cash money. I've got preacher friends I've known for years that have left the old paths. They've compromised. They've gone liberal. I stumbled across one of my, used to support me, a pastor used to support me when I was on the mission field. Man, so deep in sin now, it'll take a miracle to get him out. I mean, he's up to here in it. Stumbled across his Facebook page today and I was like, that cannot be the same man. That can't be the same man we used to sing and preach at his church. And the filth and the nakedness and the ungodliness he was flaunting on his Facebook page. I thought if he's doing that in public, what in God's name is he doing in private? 
Preachers have just left the old paths. I mean, they're changing Bible versions. They've thrown the pulpit out. They've thrown the choir out. They've thrown their dress standards out. They've thrown God out. They've thrown the Holy Ghost out. They've thrown the gospel out. I'm telling you right now, his path still drop fatness. I ain't changing. I'm not changing God's path still drop fatness. That was thousands of years ago, David said. I'm telling you this year, 2021, going into 2022, that he's crowned this year with goodness. He's done too much for me. He's been too good to me for me to change right now. There ain't no way. There's no way I can turn around. There's no way I can turn around and go back. You ain't got nothing to go back to. They look, Jesus looked at the I'm trying to wind this thing down. Y'all quit. Jesus looked at his disciples in John 6. The Bible says that, they, that all of his disciples went and went, turned and went back and followed him no more. And he looked at his 12 and he said, will you also go away? The Peter said, where are we going to go? When you found us, we said, they're throwing nets in the water. I ain't got nowhere to go. You got the words of eternal life. Brother Bender, I wouldn't go back. I ain't got nothing to go back to. I've been saved since I was four. My only complaint is I didn't get saved earlier. He's been too good to me. And boy, the world tried their best to shut us down. The devil tried to shut us down. Church is growing. People getting saved. People getting baptized. People joining the church. We got people being disciples, going through principles of growth, taking on missionaries left and right. The offerings are busting at the seams. I'm telling you right now, God's been good. I'm saying he's crowned the year with goodness tonight. Hallelujah. And I just want to give him praise. I want to magnify and glorify God tonight for his goodness. He's worthy. He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Father, we thank you tonight for your goodness and your blessings to us. Thank you for the privilege of being your child. Thank you for being our father. I thank you, Lord, tonight as they get ready for the baptism. Lord, that we can look at this past year. Lord, these last 300 and almost 65 days of 2021. And Lord, we have to acknowledge, Lord, that you have been good to us. You have crowned this year with goodness. And I thank you, Lord, for being able to be on the receiving end of your goodness and your blessings. And Lord, I know the world's gone crazy. They've lost their mind. But I'm thankful, Lord, tonight that you're in charge, you're in control. You're King of kings and Lord of lords. The next time you come, they won't spit in your face. They won't put a crown of thorns on your head. Next time you come, they won't nail you to a cross. Next time you come, Father, it's gonna be a different story. I'm grateful tonight to be saved. I'm grateful tonight to be able to be at Calvary Baptist Church on the last service of 2021 and stand and testify about the goodness of God in my life and my family's life. Well, thank you, Lord. You're far better to me than I deserve. Thank you that you're still answering prayer, hearing prayer and answering prayer. Thank you you're still purging God's people, Lord, of their sin. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, for your power and your presence and your provision tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There may be somebody in the service tonight that does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. You may be here tonight and you don't know for sure if you died tonight, you'd go to heaven. It would be our greatest honor tonight to sit down beside you and take a Bible and show you from the Word of God how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. You're not guaranteed to be here next week, next Sunday. You don't know, but you're going to have another chance.
Life is a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Harden not your heart. Would there be someone here tonight, slip your hand up quietly, say, Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure. I'm saved. I want you to pray for me. Anybody, anywhere, preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We wouldn't want to overlook you tonight. We would love to help you tonight if you're here and not sure. We would love to help you get that settled. Anybody, anywhere, preacher, pray for me. There's a phone number on the screen. If you're watching the service online and you're not sure you're saved, if you'll text that number, somebody will call you in a little bit with the Bible. And we'll do the best we can over the phone to try to help you know how you can be saved.